Welcome to Creativity and Chaos, a 1L2N podcast. I am Amy, and we're only joined by Amy's today. Amy? Hi. Amy? Hello! Amy? <laughs> it's me. And our Amyest of Amy's, Amy. Yeah. We are a family of Amy's going through the story writing process, and we're bringing you along for the ride. How is everyone today? Thanksgiving was this week. I cooked. Oh, I, yeah. I forgot to tell everybody because I already told them I made dinner. I made turkey and uh, sweet potato casserole and green bean casserole and pies and stuff and whatever. But I also made stuffing and then, you know, sauteing mm-hmm. the vegetables in a big pot. I was so excited for it. And then I opened the stuffing package and I was like, this smells kind of bad. I was like, well, that's a really like stale, stale bread for the stuffing. I was like, whatever. And I threw it in and it was, I guess, moldy or something. I don't know. It, no. It, like as no. soon as I put it in the pot and started heating it up with all the, the chicken stock, it filled the house with the worst stench that I have mm. smelled. <laughs> and it was like terrible stale bread. And then later that night, I could still smell it. I, it was just mm. that that lingering so the stuffing was ruined but everything else was fine hey, there you go and it wasn't my fault yeah i cooked everything <laughs> finally for the most part i don't eat meat and liam doesn't like turkey so i asked him what do you want for thanksgiving and he said i want you to make your salmon so i cooked three pounds of salmon Jeez, Louise. <laughs> three pounds of potatoes Macy. and a whole mess of veggies and we had a feast that lasted for like two and a half days heck yeah that's fantastic so uh, first of all i agree with liam if that's true uh, for whatever reason i thought liam liked turkey no i like turkey oh you told me you didn't like turkey every year we go through this no i say ham is better than turkey i agree that that nana the turkey that nana makes isn't good so sorry mom but old white people turkey suck okay it's not seasoned it's dry, it's dry. It's nasty. And that's what I've had for the past 22 years of my life. It's been terrible. But this time, Aunt Pam, she stepped it up. Sorry, Mom, if you're listening to this. Aunt Pam wins this round. Wow. She did. She took crescent rolls, and then she took turkey, and then she took like a uh, craisin mix, and she actually seasoned the turkey. And then she took crescent rolls, and she put them in like a big old circle around a big pan, and then baked them all. And it was just little turkey sandwiches and they were delicious Mm. they were fantastic it was the first time i i actually enjoyed turkey and i was so happy it was it was great we had ham there too but i was like i kind of like the turkey more this year have y'all ever had a spicy turkey like you know no any kind of actual spices when you just said that i was like yeah i've never had like a really delicious heavy on spice like the most spice you'll get is salt pepper and butter on turkey maybe some (laughs) lemon if you're lucky what i'm saying but yeah there's never any seasoning on the turkey it's yeah maybe when i was in my young like early 20s mom started basting it in white zinfandel and that added a little bit but just i feel like most meats should be you can have fun you can experiment with them you can spice them up to bring on the herbs exactly exactly but turkey's never touched it's always just the most bland dry stuff so this Mm -hmm. year great it was fantastic and I, I think personally for me in our family, this was like the least we made food wise for Thanksgiving ever. Yeah. Like most of the food's already gone. It's awesome. It was awesome to see everyone cut back as well. We made a chicken because, you know, turkey's not good. It's pretty bad. And the chicken was good. Yeah. There you go. It's also only two of us. So if we made a turkey, that's yeah, like our fridge. 
that's a lot of food. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. Although you can get little turkeys, but one year I did brine a turkey, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be awesome!" So you you know soak it in water and spices and salt and stuff like that for 24 hours or something. I don't remember. It was several years ago, and I ate it. I was like, "Oh, it's this turkey still." You know. <laughs> oh, they, oh, they suck. Yeah. Turkey just doesn't absorb flavor for some reason, whereas chicken is so bland it'll take on any flavor. Also, food related, Amy found a bagel shop in High Point that sells <sighs> egg bagels, <gasps> egg baggies. <laughs> and I'm okay, they're not as good as the Maryland bagels. I'll admit the Maryland egg bagels, they can't be beat, but pretty damn close. It was so good. We bought a dozen bagels, and I've never felt so happy eating we like six bagels. We bought a dozen bagels, bagels Friday morning. And <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all gone. gone. <laughs> they're all gone. <laughs> Do you remember growing up, we would get bagels at whatever bakery, and it wouldn't Rollins just be like a dozen. Bakery. It would be like ba- no, it's Bagel 10 City. Dozen bagels, and then we would put them in the freezer and slowly bring them upstairs. Oh yeah. yeah. What what's Bagel City? Because I grew ba- up with Dago and the Rollins. Yeah, over it was Greenbelt. It was Bagel City, and I think it was in Ellicott. El- Ellicott? Ellicott City. Ellicott City? Yeah. Is dad ever up in Ellicott? He was. Yeah. Or wasn't he? I mean. Oh, that's true. No, yeah. like, that's so true. there was this place called Rollins that was in Greenbelt near where dad worked at Sony. And so yeah. even after he wasn't working there, he would still, anytime he was over there, would go to Rollins because they had oh, amazing bagels and their brownies were mwah, so good. So I got a lot done this week. I rearranged my closet because the mom still had stuff in there. <laughs> so we were in the middle of like talking and then all of a sudden Amy's like, hold on. And then I just hear her in the background. I hear like all this scraping and like big moving. And it was like 10 o'clock <laughs> at night. <laughs> and she's like, I have to do this. Because <laughs> I was going to do it the next morning. But then it was just, you know, how like something like mm-hmm. gets into your brain and you're like, if I don't do this right now, I will explode. Yeah. And that's just the vibe that I had. And so I was like, okay, 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 okay. I'm just going to do it right now. And so I was like, hold on. So I like cleared everything out and got the rest of mom's stuff out. So I actually have a full closet now, which is great. And before I only had about six rooms to hang or six rooms, six inches to hang up like clothes. But now mm-hmm. I have like a whole foot and a half. Nice. I'm living in luxury. <laughs> nice. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I can actually hang up my clothes now. And then that same night, Mike was like, okay, have a good night. You should be productive tomorrow. And I was already planning on being productive. Like create, sorry, he said, you should be creative tomorrow. And I was already planning on being creative. And so my thought process was like, screw you. I'm going to do it now. <laughs> so, oh, she got so me. I, I got him. So I stayed up way too late, but I finished potentially one of our next narrative orchestra- orchestrated narratives. So uh, that was exciting. And then I also worked on the creative prompt. So that was also exciting. Pretty much got that all done as well. So yeah, it was, it was a nice, busy, busy weekend for me. Got a lot of shopping done, errands done, and stuff done. Although I didn't take a shower. So I guess I failed. <laughs> They're overrated. Yeah. Have you ever met somebody that only wants to take baths? Yes. I dated like somebody children? that only took baths. Yeah, I also As did somebody who only took baths, like did not like showers. And I thought that was a very weird trait. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love a good bath. I lived in a house with some friends at one point that they had a clawfoot tub and the room that they had, like had two beautiful windows. And so like, and you couldn't see anything when the windows were open because we lived kind of like in the middle of the woods. But it, the light would just shine in as you were taking a bath. It was a great experience. So I, I would take a bath any chance I could. It was great. But I, I don't know. 
Like if I'm just going to get clean, like it's a whole experience, like it's a whole like mm-hmm. event. You got to get it ready. You got to chill. You get no, no, no. So if I'm just need to get clean, I'm like, yeah, I'll take a shower. Yeah, sure. Well, so what's the purpose of a clawfoot tub? Is it just to have feet? What even is it? Yeah. Well, I just think it's like more aesthetic than the normal bathtubs that you find in a bathroom. Yeah. It's more, it's how tubs used to be made. They were always up on feet because then if you had to put some kind of heat underneath to heat up the water, you could. I was always thinking though, like clawfoot tubs have feet that are shaped like claws, right? It's not just like four stumps. It's not called a stump tub or like a roof tub or something stupid i've seen although you could they usually kind of are at an angle but i've seen them look different so tub don't need feet we'll see about that aesthetically pleasing liam how's your week it was all right no school that was pretty nice nice. no school i did enjoy that part just played games that's it i actually woke up early enough to watch the macy's thanksgiving day parade this year i haven't watched it in totality since i was a kid i've only ever caught like the end of it and while a lot of it was entertaining, it was it really struck me the different types of floats and entertainment acts they had. It was they're not even trying to hide the fact that people are lip syncing anymore is just so blatantly glaringly obvious. I was really surprised by it, by just the different acts that they had. Not I don't even know how to word it. And then on top of it, all of the music, like the special musical acts that they did have were all on very, very like consumer driven floats. It was, <laughs> it wasn't so much fun. Like, you know, you have the cartoons, you know, you got Snoopy, like that's fun. You got Blue's Clues, that's great. And Sesame Street, woohoo. Like there's a million characters I don't recognize anymore, but I was still Sesame Street. They still had like three people I knew. But then you have all of these other just companies with their floats and selling their stuff and i'm like go away that's tomorrow like have your own parade tomorrow i just want to enjoy stuff that's about today i'm not thankful for your green peas or for your electronic whatever like i'm thankful for all these joyful things i had as a kid and fun memories and it just i just uh, needed the jolly green giant float i'm looking at a bunch of them there's a mount rushmore float like you already what? made a mountain. You are not made a mountain. Yeah. You destroyed a mountain to put some faces on it, and now you need a float. So it was a really lot of weird. Strange ones here. They had some movies in there doing floats, just trying to sell their movie, and it was just like I, I never understood that are. because it's like, look at all these characters that are going to be in our movie. Isn't this a great float? This will totally make you want to watch the movie, and it's like it actually doesn't. Yeah, there's know. nothing exciting about that float. I see Sonic the Hedgehog. I want to play. <laughs> the only float I ever liked was the Hess truck float. Oh, I did not see that one. I don't. I, mean, but, I don't know if they had it this year, but they usually have it. So I I watched it on Peacock, streamed it on Peacock, and I guess whenever they had commercial breaks, they would just be like they cut away from the parade during the stream as well. But there weren't any commercials. It was just the screen going back and forth saying, "Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back." <laughs> For like two or three minutes straight. Wait, so you <laughs> could watch this on Peacock. <laughs> Yeah. And there was commercials? There were no commercials, but oh, okay, during sorry. the commercial oh. breaks on oh. TV, because it was live stream, right? 
during the commercial breaks on TV, they would just go to like this black screen with the little like circles of the peacock colors and it would just shift back and forth. Don't go anywhere and we'll be right back. And I like was timing it and going, why are you just showing me the whole parade? I could be watching the whole parade right now. So there's there's got to be some sort of of strange like deals that they make with advertisers specifically like this time has to be blocked off. And then if you're streaming it, you can't just stream the entire parade. You can only stream that minus the commercial because then everybody would probably get a peacock subscription for the you know one thing one day Mm. or something i don't know i don't know the revenue of the subscriptions i feel like streaming services have not figured out live tv yeah they have not at all imagine how much better it would be watching a football game streaming without commercials oh my goodness yeah you're so right where it would just be like okay you know, 30 seconds, boom, we boom, keep boom, going, boom, go, boom. go, go, go. Yeah. But you have to basically change the entire sport. Well, professional, we'll say. You have to change the entire sport just to fit around the commercial aspect. Yeah. Capitalism. Ruining everything. It's kind of funny, though, how Black Friday over the past decade has slowly expanded to Black November. So true. Like what the is Black Friday the... deal started weeks ago. Yeah. So what yep. is the appropriate time to put out decorations for we'll say we'll say christmas slash holiday you know winter holiday season never as soon as your heart feels free to do so (laughs) what about having it in stores then for sales never so the day before the uh, day before christmas that's that's, i'll give him that oh my gosh okay grandpa before christmas you mad woman i'll give him two days okay I'm fair. I feel like right after Thanksgiving, right? I know that's the obvious answer, but I feel like it's the most logical in my brain. I think logically after Halloween is over, you don't you sell off your Halloween stuff like at a discount, clearance, whatever. Clear it out because that's the point of a clearance. Then bring in your holiday stuff. Mm. I think that you're allowed to have one holiday per month in <laughs> okay. in retail. Okay. So if you want to do uh, like Halloween, it's October. And then you cannot have it on November 1st. You also cannot have it on September 30th. So what's September's holiday? Back to school. And, oh, okay. And I'll yeah. say, I'll, I'll Although technically this. that's August too, so. Yeah. I also don't want to be like, you can only have Christmas in December. You can have multiple holidays. So if you wanted like Hanukkah you and that's in December, you know, you can, okay. you can have but Hanukkah, Hanukkah can but it can only be, be in December. Okay. Yeah. So what? Okay. I love this idea. This is a great idea. It's just what's the punishment? You know? Oh, uh, death. Okay. Yeah. I'm on board. He is also fair. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I'm on board with this policy. We're in agreement. Speaking of death, there was a lot of it. It started so well. (laughs) No, I totally forgot the name. I was like, brings a power. That's not it. What is it called? Rop? No. Or hot D. Uh, there was a lot of it in House of Dragon. Let's talk about that. Although that was a little more red link than I <laughs> yeah. wanted. But <laughs> speaking of death, there was a lot of it <laughs> in the House of Dragon. Yeah. Wouldn't you guys agree? That was perfect. <laughs> I'm yes. going to leave, I think, all of that in there. Because I feel <laughs> like. I think. What do you think? Oh, I, was, I don't know. I don't really I said yes. Yeah. You got my answer. <laughs> yeah. Are we going in like straight spoilers? Okay, spoilers. There was a lot of baby death. Yeah. Like so much baby death. There was a yeah. lot of baby death. If you're a pregnant woman, you're screwed. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely the the most gory birth type scenes that I've ever seen on you know anything really. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. it's definitely I don't know if they were going for the shock value or like a quote unquote realistic value. It might have been something for people to talk about like, oh, can you believe that happened? The shock. Value. Yeah, but it, yeah. honestly, I didn't think it was that bad. No, I it was it actually was a little bit all right, this, sound, this is going to sound very wrong, but it was a little more refreshing for me because it's the idea that like childbirth is easy is blown over like everybody's yeah. like oh you have a baby and you come out glowing and then this was like no having a baby is a big deal especially before Sucks. any kind of major current yeah. medicine and even with current medicine like mothers it and kids die sucks. all the time mm. so yeah. if, for, for a strange part of me i was actually happy that they were showing a lot of childbirth trauma I didn't necessarily need the full graphicness of it, but yeah. the reality of people die in childbirth all the time when there's no modern healthcare, it it was very realistic and I thought sent an interesting message. Also that they showed for the most part that labor can just keep going and going and going. It's not, oh, I have cramps and 30 minutes later there's a baby in my arms. Like that's not how it works. And Hollywood screws that up all the time. There is like a nice realistic depiction of the hardships women go through in this show. And it was, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly what Mike said. For lack of a better term, refreshing because it was real and less it's hilarious because it's real for being set in a show that's about dragons. And you're like, you wouldn't yeah. expect that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think one of the fantasy. things that I kind of enjoyed about uh, House of the Dragon, there, there were several things, but one of them that I did really enjoy a lot was the fact that although the women had to go through more struggles, they were oftentimes in charge. And it was just showing from their perspective how they had to deal with even more crap that men didn't have to deal with and then how they came out on top a lot of times. Yeah. Or how they're, you know, how they they just seemed more human to me in characters. They weren't just the the background women. They were struggling to yeah. make choices. They were trying to keep their families together. They were, you know, ambitious in different ways. So I did like how females were portrayed in in a lot of the the House of the Dragons. Dragon one one S no S one dragon. I'm gonna cut that. <laughs> <laughs> just put in. I'm Holy. gonna cut that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was such a shameful way to say it too. Oh my god, that. <laughs> Before we go, I guess, any further, I, I realized this while watching the show that because it had the Game of Thrones title attached to it, I would I was judging it much more harshly than I normally would with any show. So mm-hmm. I kind of had to reassess my criteria for what makes a good show and what doesn't. And I really had to throw out the idea of like a title being in there immediately. It's like, oh, this has the Game of Thrones title thing in it. So it's like, okay, I, this is going to be a quality show, right? So any little thing would irritate me a lot more because it had the title Game of Thrones in it. And it was interesting. Yeah, exactly. My expectations were much higher. And I guess it was just interesting reassessing it after I watched it, realizing, okay, uh, if this was any other TV show, I wouldn't be judging this as harshly as I would have. Interesting. See, I think my expectations were so, so much lower because of how season seven and eight turned out in Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And I just went, oh, here we go. Cash drab or cash grab trying to like just get as much money as you can off of the IP that you absolutely murdered and i was pleasantly surprised i also hate prequels i prequels are stupid to me and two of my favorite things so far this year have been prequel related which is absolutely crazy and this was one of them i really enjoyed the writing i enjoyed the way that it was filmed for the most part i did like the the use of blurry camera 
where, you know, when it was like focused directly on somebody who was having a moment, their face would be clear and everything behind them would be just totally blurry. And, Mm. you know, it really was focusing into the actors or actresses emotion Mm -hmm. in that scene. So I, I, I like that. It was different than I've seen in a lot of stuff. There was a few like one shots that weren't like, oh, these are action one shots and you can tell it's a one shot. It was more just like casual one shots where they're walking through the castle and you just see them go through like their daily routine walking through the castle. And I thought those were super fun. I really liked the use of a nonchalant one shot in this. I got to assume that that is just a huge flex for whoever was the set designer. Like, oh, yeah, I did all this. Yeah. Check this out. (laughs) It's true. Because one shots, you know, in fantasy are typically not done that much. Not that I can think of. No, because there's a lot of like CGI and stuff. So yeah, it'll be like again battle one shots. Yeah, there's a big open field. You're like, oh, that's easy enough to do one in, or quote quote easy enough. Big long choreography. Yeah, as opposed to uh, everything else. Yeah, (laughs) I'm gonna say something controversial. Mm -mm. I think Game of Thrones is just okay. It wasn't. Great. Back up. This show. It, it wasn't or the other the, one. Both of them. I I don't yeah, think that they're that they they changed button. the way that television is presented, and they I think changed the way that fantasy is presented in the sense that like you got a huge following of people to kind of rally behind a fantasy show, which is mm-hmm. you know you, people have been rallying behind sci-fi shows or actually a lot of just sci-fi shows in general are are the ones that you know you'll have huge fandoms rally behind or a comedy show or like a cop show drama show that kind of thing but for it to be a fantasy show that had a huge following insane that's very cool i'm not saying that they didn't do you know something extra special but to me honestly i don't think that game of thrones and maybe it's because of the crappy ending but i don't think it deserved all the hype that it had of course i watched the whole thing and i want to know what happened next but i don't i just think it was all right and so going into this i just just kind of like mike was saying like rolling my eyes like okay all right here we go and i think it had some really good moments in it but again i think it was just all right for me i think my favorite moment was or moments that they did was were the time jumps in this show i thought that they did them really well and i really enjoyed okay now we're moving on to the next part but you still kind of have to take context clues of who's who and what's what. But it was fun seeing, oh, what's happened in the past, you know, five years of this time jump. Like, oh, that person's gotten older and that that person had multiple kids and that person is now more established over here. So I actually really like that aspect of it. I think that was that they did that really well. And I think it's it's what has made this show good. But I'm still just like, man, it's OK. I found the time jumps a little jarring because you didn't know that a jump had occurred, and I don't know if you were just supposed to automatically know it right away, like figure it out. So you would watch a scene unfolding, trying to figure out, okay, who are these characters? Because all their names sound the same anyways, so it's kind of hard to keep track of them. Fantasy names. Right? (laughs) So when you have these time jumps with these characters whose names you're getting confused, it was definitely a little disorienting trying to figure out what was going on and who it was going on with. And then by the time you figured it out, it's like, okay, I've now missed that whole scene. I really want to watch that again from the correct perspective. I I don't think I necessarily had that. In fact, I thought that the time jumps were extremely well done because they didn't just pop up with text saying, this is 18 months later. 
you know, there was only a couple times, I think, when they were like six years had passed when they specifically said it. Other than that, there was there was times when, you know, a listen was pregnant and had a baby already. And you're like, oh, OK, mm-hmm. so this is at least like a year or two from the previous episode. So, you know, I think a lot of it was just trying to get it get you accustomed to just knowing time's going to go forward in whatever speed that mm-hmm. they felt like it was going to happen. I think that I don't know if I went into the show knowing that it was going to ex- to span a very large portion of history or if as soon as I started the show Liam was like, "Hey, by the way, it's going to span a huge portion of history." But I knew very much like going into the show in whatever capacity that there were going to be time skips. So I was already prepared for you that. were more prepared. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I had I had no clue, so it was a little less prepared. And having watched all of Game of Thrones just like a year ago, and that didn't really have the time jumps in it. I guess in the back of my mind, I was thinking more seamless episodes were going to occur. Which part of that's on me? I didn't necessarily have a problem with the time jumps. Just a couple of them were very very jarring, especially the one where you start off with I don't know their names. The main female character should be the queen person. What's her name? Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra. Sorry. So when she was having a baby or had just had a baby or about to have a baby, something her and baby. I'm like, who is this? Who's having a baby now? I don't understand. I'm trying to like figure out who has married off to who and is part of the Mm. family because some of the characters were the same. The actors were the same and some of the actors had changed. So that was also a little like disconnected because when some of the characters look exactly the same but then other characters you've completely replaced the actor for it makes it a little more difficult to pinpoint the time frame that has occurred so i guess the time skips i'm kind of like right in the middle i'm not a particular fan of time skips in general but i do believe that the show has done probably the best time skips that i've seen out of any show i will give them that yeah usually you can figure it out right away but i believe it was episode six that you're talking about missy I was one of my least favorite episodes because it felt like it's actually one of my favorites. A pilot to an entirely new show, but something we also have seen. So I think that's what bothered me about that. It was like, okay, I get that there's new actors. I'm totally okay with that. I'm glad they're doing that. It was just like there was so much going on that we had to keep up with that Mm -hmm. we kind of had to suffer through it. Because I I love the next couple of episodes. They were great. It's It's just. Six was so vital, so just like most pilots. On. Honestly, I feel like the first half of the show was just meh. And I actually, as soon as we went to the older time skip, actually, I still thought the show was eh, but I enjoyed the second half of the show way better. I think one of the things I really enjoyed about House of the Dragon was how they did not hold your hand. Yes. So uh, it, yeah. with, with the time skips, with the motivations for the characters, the way that they wrote it was really, really interesting as a viewer. The reason why it might be my favorite show that I've seen this year is because I wanted to talk about every episode afterwards. And I didn't realize mm. that, but I kind of mm. missed those those where a show gets released and I want to sit down with everybody and be like, oh, what about this part? What about that part? What do you think is yeah. going to happen? There's not been a show like that for a long time that I've been engaged with and wanting, you know, everything. And I think that's definitely one of the negative parts about streaming services in general, releasing it all at once. I'm actually glad that I got to experience this season mostly week by week as opposed to all at once. Because I think if I watched it all at once, I would not be as engaged in the long run. 
But in general, yeah, I just I yeah. liked the non hand holding. They obviously did some things and Liam can probably talk to this, too. I think they definitely wanted you to sympathize with Rhaenyra a little bit more. I still don't think that she's a, a good person. I think she's actually pretty terrible just as like a oh, I've been named queen, so I will get it no matter what without having mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, ensure her position. Not was- that she's a terrible person. She's terrible at go working towards the job that I also think she's a terrible person (laughs) like she's not she knows the responsibility that she has as the queen but then she kind of just skirts it off she's like well I'm just gonna do whatever I want and like have fun in life but I'm gonna be queen and it's just such a nonchalant attitude when you can see her father like Viserys was was constantly working to make the kingdom a place that was peaceful that was better he was trying to stave off war and stuff and all she cared about was her claim to the throne and then not being engaged up until that point. She just assumed it was going to happen. To that point, I will say, Allison, I don't like her character, but she put in the work. She put in the work exactly. to yeah. be queen, to mm. help rule the kingdom. She put she in the work there. everything but raising her well, freak children. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. where were you with the motherhood responsibilities? But but I, I give her more props than Rhaenyra in that sense that like, yeah, she should be queen because she put in the work. Whereas, yeah, you're like you're saying, Rhaenyra was just like, yeah, I'm going to go over to Dragonstone and chill out until my father dies. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's not, you don't yeah. need to do anything to deserve it except for, you know, a, a birthright that was still contested. So I'm a little in the middle with her between what you guys are saying and, and maybe what the show was pushing you towards because- Yes, when she had the teenage scenes and she was like, yeah, well, I'm going to be queen. So everyone has to do it. She was a freaking teenager. Like she had had zero instruction. She had just been told she's going to be queen. That's, you know, when you're 15, your attitude is bad. It just is. So that attitude in and of itself, I did not feel carried the whole way because she wasn't the rest of the time as like an adult she wasn't i'm just gonna have fun and whatever with life to me she left and went to dragonstone because her presence was unwelcome with allison and she rather than causing friction and fighting and potentially putting her children's lives in danger she gracefully stepped away and allowed the ruling family to rule she should have been more involved if she was going to be queen but it also seemed like she was trying to be a little more diplomatic about the situation instead of staying and getting in the way fair enough i can i can see that sort of aspect of it but at the same time I know she was going through troubles. She she definitely was having an affair for you know obvious reasons that she wasn't going to have a, a a child. But that sort of just blatant brushing aside that idea of like I'm just going to yeah. have these kids and we're going to pretend like they are from my actual husband is a, a really kind of like callous attitude towards well I'm going to be queen so it doesn't matter. And I guess that is the holdup that I have with her as a character was her. Just whatever action I do is fine. Yes, I'm going to run away, but then it doesn't matter because I'm going to be queen is how it all felt in the long run. Wasn't that part of their marriage agreement when they agreed to marry each other? That's just a marriage agreement. Yeah, that was like a private agreement. She's the heir to the throne. She's the heir to the throne and she has three clear bastards Mm -hmm. in the Red Keep which will hold it against her. Everyone oh, yeah. will hold Absolutely. against her. There's, She doesn't have a true heir. 
until she goes and marries her uncle, which is like years and years later. Which even then, that's kind of weird, and people will still look down upon that, mm-hmm. even if they're Targaryens. And she also, I quote, quote unquote, conspired to murder her previous husband, which people will also yeah. then see her as. Uh, right. That's not. I don't know. She, Queen Allison, definitely put in the work to secure herself. Her and Otto did a lot more than Allison and Damon ever tried. Like Allison, Allison Damon kind of had the attitude that they Rhaenyra. could do whatever. Rhaenyra. Or yeah, yeah. Rhaenyra and Damon kind of had the attitude that they could do whatever they want, yeah. just because they were given their entitlement to do that. That that's my problem with them. They feel they feel extremely entitled to just nonchalant do whatever they want. While Otto and Allison. And I guess partly because they're not Targaryen, they're not from the royal bloodline, are constantly trying to uphold their family and to uphold their, their children and make sure that their their family's surviving in a time where it looks like peace will not last. Yeah. I think, yeah, Rhaenyra and Damon had that entitlement attitude, but Alicent and... Otto. Otto, they weren't like, oh, we are this great family and upholding the whatever. They're manipulative as anything. They Oh yeah. yeah. They they are not good people. Oh you know, no, 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 I'm no. saying they're nobody is. They're no they one. might put on a good front, but <laughs> yeah, like, I mean he manipulated of- his daughter into the king's bed. Like yep. right from the start, it was all Terrible. power play. Uh, yeah, we're not so, saying he's good. We're just saying that they in this world where you're supposed to play the game and you mm-hmm. have to try and keep your family going damon and rhaenyra that's true have been playing they it play terribly. the game when you approach yeah. it from a playing the game perspective allison and family the greens they have the greens, played the, the game whereas the blacks have not been playing the game black yeah. and now, gold, what color are they black and red it's black black the blacks and the greens they're not the, they're not playing the game they're just along for the ride assuming it'll all work out in the end of how hard they're playing the game is going to bite them these next few seasons because the their new their next generation of their children are turning out to be awful and will probably just destroy their i feel like i don't think the blacks are going to win i think the greens are going to defeat themselves yeah they're so busy trying to claim whatever stake they could that they forgot that it's not just about them they have to be able to successfully pass that to the next generation and when their next generation is questionable in every single possible way like it's not going to hold no matter how successful they are it it won't hold it will fail what do you all think about storyline aside what was your favorite aspect i i will say that probably my favorite actor in this was matt smith as damon Every time he was on screen, I just, I noticed the tiny little twitches he was doing with his hands or his Mm -hmm. eyes. And I just like, I totally knew exactly what he was thinking. And he was very, Mm -hmm. very good at at showing his emotion. Very commanding presence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just incredibly well acted across the board. I mean, obviously, Viserys by uh, Patty Constantine did a amazing job especially with that final walk to the throne he had you know that was like the most epic walk to a throne i've ever seen and it was two minutes of long long drawn out but it was still great was there any character that stuck out for anybody or princess renice renice yeah oh yeah yeah was awesome actually i will say that this goes back to them not holding your hand and this is obviously spoilers 
at the end of episode nine, when Princess Renice has her dragon and pops out and she's like mm-hmm. right there, like yes. ready to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. And then she flies away. It's one of those things where they don't hold your hand and they go, why would she do that? You have to like think through it. It's like, okay, well, mm-hmm. this isn't her fight. And then if she did that, the whole kingdom just saw, saw this guy get crowned and then she would be blamed. So it's it's one of those really awesome moments where she demonstrated how powerful she was and said, I am not doing what you guys say because mm-hmm. I have a dragon and you screw you, you know? Yeah. She's one of my favorite characters in the show. Yeah. I absolutely love her character because she's constantly caught in between the, well, what would have been, what could have been and what will be. And she's accepted how her life has turned out, even if it's not the way she wanted it to. She's come to terms with it and has moved on, even when people around her can't. And she's trying to figure out the best path forward And it's never about her. She's not selfish, whereas everybody else seems to be focused on mostly themselves. Even when they say they're focused on what's best for the kingdom, it's always what's best for the kingdom through the lens of what's best for me, except with her. She is always so gracious about the decisions she makes and she contemplates it. She's never rash. She she figures out what needs to be done and and then goes with the best decisions she can come up with. I I really like her character. I like with the storytelling, how they do a lot of reflections. You can see with her, she was the the oldest. She was like the rightful heir, but she was a woman. So Mm -hmm. everybody thought that a man should get it instead. And that's why Viserys got the throne. And then you see that with Rhaenyra. And, you know, Rhaenyra is the reflection of that. She's like the exact same thing is happening again. You see this with with Damon when Viserys has his kid and it's, you know, going to kill his wife. And then Damon has that exact same thing happen to him. And it like lets characters understand each other. But then you see the different actions that they take in those specific circumstances. And there's a lot of moments in this season where you see one event that happens multiple times that people react differently to, which is just a great mm-hmm. way to tell a story or, you know, tell characters within a story. It has a very poetic quality. I think some of my, my favorite moments, and I think this also bleeds into the original Game of Thrones, but I just love when it's a bunch of characters sitting around a table discussing what they have to do, like what their plan of action is. It's always so interesting hearing it from each point of view, and it's usually like five, ten minutes of just characters discussing and you you can't get that with most other shows where you're genuinely interested in everyone's point of view. Like they're mm. bringing something completely different to the table and keeping that tension there because you know everyone's basically working for themselves. I think that's, that's a great word too is tension. I think that there's a lot of tension oh, in yeah. a lot of scenes in the this first season, which was great. There's a, there's a lot of Game of Thrones moments, you know, like the, oh, that just happened. One of them happened with Sir Kristen Cole, which is, I think, one of my... I I love how unhinged he gets, because I believe he felt entitled to Renaria, or vice versa. He felt like Renaria is entitled to him, because of... It's like, well, this is true love. Why don't we just do it? Why don't we just run away? And it's kind of funny, because she talks about how she needs to be there for the kingdom in that exchange and she wants to be like the queen and then she just does nothing. But point is, is I really like how because she rejected his offer, he goes and basically spites her 
Sells his soul to the devil. Yeah, pretty much. He spites her and screws with her children. And uh, what was it? Was an I forget his name. It was an older guy who was sitting at the table. I gotta look through the cast because I don't know. Was oh, it, was it Beesbury? Smashes the head. Yeah. Beesbury oh was basically gosh. talking about how I, I think it was Renaria still has a claim to the throne and that's valid. And Kristen Cole just hears that and gets pissed and smashes his head. Like that's a gets a character reacting in a very rash way and no one no one does anything about it. Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> I, I, think I love that. that. Oh, when you, no, yeah, I when, didn't like when you're thinking about like <laughs> the way that they, they write a lot of these characters too, is that there's a truth that some characters have in and of themselves. Like Sir Kristen was like, I have to do this honor because I am, you know, a knight and yeah. this is this is my life, but I will betray it for love. But that's what he like outwardly projects. But inwardly, he's a very jealous, bitter person who, you know, it's a total contrast. And each character was written in a way where it's not like this is a black and white character. This is mm-hmm. like they are the good person or the bad person, you know, even the bastards of the the show that you really hate. You you at least to me, I found very interesting. Oh, yeah. Each character was extremely interesting and they were designed for you to hate them, love them or somewhere in between, which is what I yeah. think is great writing. I didn't hate them because I thought what they were doing was stupid. It didn't make for their character. Didn't make sense for their character to do something like that. Everything felt very natural for the characters, which is what makes good characters when they make decisions and you hate them for their decisions, not for how the way they were written. Yeah. The only good character was the captain of the, the King's guard, the Sir yes. Harold yeah. Westerling. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love yeah. him. Just yeah. a beautiful man. I think if you want to write characters, this is a good example of kind of how to get that gray ground. Unlike another show that I've been watching. <laughs> that happened to come out at the same time. Yeah, it, it's it's really unfair to compare these two, to, to compare Rings of Power to House of the Dragon, because they're not, they're both fantasy shows. And that's where the similarities end. Yeah. That came out around the same time. I, I will say this before before we harp on Rings of Power too much. I will say it is probably the most beautiful TV show I've ever seen. Visually, I love it. I love the sets. I love the costumes. I love the way it's filmed. It's colorful and it's got dynamic range and it's just great. It's visually really great. So that's my big praise for it is, is you've really taken that peter jackson look and taking it up a step especially the orcs Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh they looked so great it is one of the most incredibly artistic successes i have ever seen in anything like i would watch the show again just for the visual appeal of it even with like the cgi it's just so seamless they spared no expense <laughs> quite literally <laughs> to make this yeah. to pull off visually what they're trying to do and i feel like quite often the music also helps oh enhance yeah. the visual story it goes hand in hand so much i let Tom- tommy have you watched it i i watched the first 15 minutes and i was i didn't like it <laughs> i i i just got bored really fast i'm like i could spend my time better another way and I know that's bad, and I want to watch it. I know the only reason I want to watch it is because of Bear McCreary. 
Like that yeah. legitimately that's the only reason I want to watch it. So good. Yeah, that's what I've heard. As a side note, I mean, that guy this year, Rings of Power <laughs> and God of War Ragnarok at the same time, like <laughs> two of probably the biggest things in each medium to come out. And he's like, yeah. I mean, I know he has a whole team working for him. I know it's not just him, but still. It's like a Hans Zimmer situation where it's like army of composers that answered. But still, yeah, that's crazy. I will say I loved Rings of Power over House of Dragon. However, for the same reasons that you guys are giving it praise, that's why I loved it. I actually didn't really care about the story at all. The world building the sets, the costumes, the design. Like I thought that it was so mesmerizing that I was like, yeah, I'll keep watching. Even if I was like, I don't really care what's going on. I so enjoyed the visual aspects of watching it that it was like, I I don't care that I don't enjoy the storyline. I'm still going to watch it. If they come out with another season, like I will watch it. And it's not that I didn't enjoy the storyline. I just didn't think it was super compelling. Although I will say some of my favorite favorite interactions and I can't remember the dwarf's name but the the like prince and his wife Diza mm-hmm. I love those interactions I mean, I the interactions they had characters. together and with Elrond some of my favorite throughout the entire series I I'll thought agree. it was just wonderful yeah. they were just such such a fun dynamic and their friendship and and the heart to heart moments that they had I I really thoroughly enjoyed those moments I actually was like okay I have to pay attention to not just the visuals because I really enjoyed their interactions. Overall, I would watch Rings of Power over House of Dragon again, personally. And I figured you'd probably like that because you do like that visual, that world building sort of aspect yep. where there's details in the background. Yeah. I, and then, you know, obviously, you know, for me, like character development and how it changes. And I think that that to me was my weakest part of Rings of Power. I just felt like I was I've only and this is probably my fault, too. I've only watched five of the 10 or eight episodes. I don't know what's out, but I watched the first five and all the characters were stagnant and I did not like most of them. Prince Durin. That's what. His oh, name yeah. Was. Sorry. Yeah. I, it wasn't the fact that there's that that the stagnant or that I didn't like them in general, it's the fact that they were stagnant, that you'd had no growth or development or change within those individual episodes. Because you don't need a Game of Thrones type thing where somebody starts off one way and then ends completely differently. But you do want characters to be challenged and then learn from it a bit. And I felt like that just did not happen in the episodes I watched. Which I think Prince Durin and Diza, the, with those interactions with Elrond, those I think had the most character exactly. growth. Exactly. probably why they yeah. were the most interesting. Yeah, that is for me. Same thing. Yeah, I agree. High five. Yeah. <laughs> Ow. But to build on that even more, the characters, they were very flat. They were very two-dimensional. They had no depth in almost any of the characters. And it's hard to give them growth when you haven't given them the foundation of a personality to begin with. Most of these characters had zero personality. They had just this one thing that their entire identity was built around, and then that was it. And it made them very inflexible as characters. Whereas, by contrast, the dwarfs, they had rich personalities they had there was depth there was conflict going on personally and and interrelationally with them there was tension between them and each other and the other species of the world and so 
with the dwarfs, you were able to get like that rich, full story going on. And then they had these big personalities on top of it. So those were always my favorite scenes. Anytime they were down in the Dwarven Kingdom, oh my gosh, I just wanted to sit like a child like this up against the screen, yeah. you know, that my face to, or my hands to my face and wide eyed in wonder because the characters were fascinating and what was going on was fascinating and visually it was fascinating and I could not get enough of those scenes. If we could have a whole show about that, that would be great. Thanks, Amazon. <laughs> I spent enough money on Amazon. Come on, Amazon. I've practically funded a whole nother series. Well, at this rate, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't know what it was, I thought that they had a billion dollar budget for five seasons of television. Correct. And they spent like 600 million on this first season. Correct. Yeah. So if that is the case, then you have $100 million for each remaining season. I can only assume the quality is going to tank <laughs> rather quickly. And, and then again, you know, it could be expensive setting up the sets and getting all, say, all the models for your, your animation and the costumes mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Like how all of you your spend, preliminary setup is going to be very expensive. How do you spend $600 million? Like how? Oh, Starbucks hey, every day. I think it was the VFX Studios. I think this is the I mean, most yeah, VFX I know, Studios that has ever been used I know. in media. It was more than than Endgame, which is what's ridiculous. Yeah. Mm. I think it was like it was in the double digits or something like that, which is huh. a lot. So you have to pay for all of those VFX studios and those people's salaries. <laughs> but do you think it's yeah. the creation of those assets from scratch that they had to do and now they can go back and do it a lot cheaper because they already oh, know you what already have the foundation yeah. of everything. The, I'm assuming the framework is already set up. But even then, as your story gets bigger and bigger and you start to get into, which I can only assume is going to be the battle at the end of the second age, is it? This is the second age, right? I think so. Yeah. Basically, um, when, <laughs> when Sauron gets like his hand or finger chopped off. Yeah, I think that's what it's going yeah, to. And then a sealed door. Is it a sealed door? He takes the ring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I'm assuming that that is going to be a super high budget last three episodes yeah. of battling and stuff you know and it's just well maybe their thought process was if we spend more money to be to get people hooked on the first season they'll give us more money to continue to have people watch the other seasons yeah i think so but when you're given a billion dollars i feel like i'd be able to make even more than five seasons out of a billion dollars i mean you say that but everything got real expensive recently so yeah. i mean i don't know if it's, you think how many how long is each episode? An hour. Like an, hour, hour an hour, hour fifteen. So that's eight hours. So you're mm -hmm. making the equivalent of three, four movies with six hundred million dollars yeah. on uh, with how good it looks. True. How many True. how much was Endgame to create? Well like Endgame million. and Endgame and Infinity War were created in tandem. So what okay. it was five hundred million, wasn't it? Yeah, sorry, it was like five hundred, six hundred million, something like that. But that's yeah. six Man. hours. And what you're not yeah. including here, because this is a massive chunk of that. No, no, no. That's that advertising is typically on top of a film budget. Double, so yeah, yeah you've, you've, your idea is if you take a film budget that's two hundred million dollars and you want to advertise for it, you double that. And now it's four hundred yep. million dollars. So budget is totally separate. Which maybe that was something included here. Maybe they also took and did a massive advertising push. And but they for the TV show here, they actually had three hundred million dollars for advertising. I don't know where they advertised it because I didn't really see much of it besides like social media stuff. 
But what you're not thinking about in, in stuff like Endgame is they had a massive star-studded cast. And that is yeah, a that's huge true chunk of their budget. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. alone is probably like a fifth of that just because of his contract that he had originally. Actually, I don't know if he redid it or not. But still, it's like, yes, that was that was really expensive. But I think when you look at the show, it is visually gorgeous. It is very fun to watch. But I just was not hooked enough to finish it, which is strange because usually when I start a season of something and I'm getting close to the end, I'll be I'll suffer through it. Case in point with even like Book of Boba Fett. I suffered through that on fast forward, but I still did it. And (laughs) and the show, I just didn't grip me. You know, I know. And a lot of people's one of their big complaints was Galadriel. And it was the same for me. She was an extremely static character who being an ancient elf should realize how to talk to people. And Mm -hmm. you know that over the course of five seasons, she's going to figure that out a bit. But she just seemed like, again, that sort of Rhaenyra problem. It's owed to me. Like, you have to do this, Mm -hmm. you know, because I'm. I'm an elf person and I have a destiny. I'm older than you and I am in charge and I was the commander of this, that, and the other. Therefore, I am the rightful person to be in charge of everything. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Sit down. In contrast, yeah. the <laughs> Nori, the Bradyfoot, Bradyfoot, Brandy? Brandyfoot. Brandyfoot. Yeah. Loved it. Oh, Very fun. Loved it. You know? Definitely yeah. the the female Frodo equivalent is, I mm-hmm. believe, what they were probably trying but to go like, for. But way better than yeah, Frodo. Fun, oh, yeah, fun. Super fun. Personality. Great personality, acting and stuff. And I don't blame the actress for Gladriel, who I'm going to look it up here. Okay, uh, I will more, say, more I didn't like Clark. Gladriel for a different reason. What, what was that? And this has to do with the actor. <laughs> oh, okay. Here we go. So this is so stupid, but... Because I'm hard of hearing, I read lips when people are talking. And so when I'm looking at somebody I'm, or watching something, I'm I'm looking at their lips as they're talking. Her lips barely moved. And this it was so true. frustrating this is because true. it was just like, just you have more emotion and you're an elf. It's fine that you're stoic, but your mouth <laughs> doesn't need to be stoic. So I don't know if that was like a character choice or if that's how the actress actually like that's how she talks or whatever. But that was the biggest gripe I had with her character. I'm like, yeah, whatever. She's an elf. She's whatever. <laughs> but I was just like, just, just move, just move your lip and like have your lip, just move them just a little more. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Form the words <laughs> with your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Her character was just so boring. It's like, so she... have a personality. You, you have money. Go buy a personality if you need to. Like <laughs> you're an, Elf, not a Vulcan. You're allowed to have emotions. You're allowed to express them. Uh, Vulcans are space elves, by the way. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah come on. Yeah, I know, but totally yeah, different. She's the main. Totally she's different. the main thing that deterred me from the show. Is her scenes huh. made us so boring? She's easily one of the worst main characters I've ever watched. Yeah, and I don't mean that as like a hateable person. I just mean that as like a just making a character. Yeah. It's just, just yeah. there's no character there's no there. It's just there. something you watch, walk around, and do something that's useless. She has a she little bit of backstory a- with some vengeance going on, and that's it. There's nothing else there. I, I, I also oh, yeah. think that she's a great example of telling, not showing. Because mm. they specifically tell you, like, oh look at how amazing of a warrior she is. And you know you're like okay that's that's fine but it wasn't 
showing you in multiple times how good of it is. It's just like every single time, it's just like, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, you should, you should, you know, she's amazing. We're telling you that she's amazing as opposed to just like a more organic way of doing it. That was another issue I had with the show in general. Not it was very slow moving, which you can get away with if yeah. you're visually telling me something, which I mean, it was a beautiful show. But there wasn't they weren't telling us a lot with those visuals. It was just gorgeous to watch. And every time they spoke, which was a lot, it was like it was supposed to be some epic moment of dialogue over and over and over and over again. And you could only have so many epic moments of dialogue before that's just the dialogue of the show. Okay, I do have one additional piece to add directly to that is that. The one problem with the soundtrack is that exact problem. It had this, we need to build to an epic moment when it didn't need to build to an epic moment. So I think a lot of the Bear McCreary like music that went along with it was supposed to add to that epic dialogue moment. And you're just going, this is kind of falling flat because it's not really that epic. Yeah, not everything has to be this big, powerful moment. You have to have all of the moments in the middle that build to something. You can't, every moment can't be the something you've built to when you spent no time building to it. That being said, I will still watch the show. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going <laughs> to finish the Looking season. Looking forward it's to fine. season two. <laughs> yeah, but House of Dragon is still better. Do you, so in oh. conclusion, would oh. you, would you guys watch House of Dragon or would you watch Rings of Power again? I plan Dang, on watching both. It's not even a competition. And I'm looking forward to season two of both. Hmm. I, I'm looking forward to season two of Rings of Power just to see what they do, see what they can do, see if they um, improve upon a lot of their criticisms and see if their budget can still maintain and uphold <laughs> what they've started. I feel like it, it, it will. Like I kind of have a sneaky feeling that season two is going to be surprisingly well written because I think if they know if they're going to come out with a season two, they have to hold up. an uh, yeah. They have to hold an audience, and I think what they were trying to do with the first season is because Lord of the Rings was known for setting up so many advancements in the VFX and just special effects world that we know today that they were trying to mm. kind of hit that similar tone. Like, look at how gorgeous this show is. You remember Lord of the Rings was cool. This is cool as well. And I th- I think that's what they were going for. And they they may have a better second season. At least that's my prediction. As they will in the writing. I am going to be the eternal pessimist here. Mm. Let's go. And uh, there's specific reasons why. I believe that one of the showrunners for House of Dragon is not coming back. So I'm going to assume season two is going to be terrible. Mm. I also believe that Jeff Bezos specifically was highly involved in Rings of Power in terms of setting out what he wanted for the show. He, if you look online, there's like a list of things that he said, you know, a good show has to have like conflict and drama and like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And if he's in any way still behind the funding of the rest of it, I will also assume it's just going to be the same. He's going to be micromanaging it. Maybe. Yeah. At least going, OK, I didn't like this and I, everybody needs to change that sort of thing, especially if you want more money to complete it. I will I will say that. There are two totally different shows. The only thing mm-hmm. they have in common is the fantasy aspect. And even that mm-hmm. is so vastly different in terms of styles of mm-hmm. fantasy. It's like comparing oh, yeah. Star Trek and Star Wars. It's just two I was different. Thinking that exact same it's it's thing. two different genres, really, still. And mm-hmm. I will watch both of them. And then I'll come back here and complain about it. Honestly, I'll probably just watch Critical Role season two again. Oh, so, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Number four. No. Oh, no. 
All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate you taking your time to listen to our shenanigans. And we would love to hear from you. Have you guys watched House of Dragon? Have you guys watched Rings of Power? What are your thoughts? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Let us know. You can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Reddit. We are 1L2N Productions. And if you like what we're doing and you want to help show your support, you can head on over to our Patreon. And last word of the day goes to Mike. Take it away. House of Dragon, pretty good. Andor might be better.